action and welcome back to another episode of Rip Through It Podcast, episode 21. And you may notice off the bat that I'm by myself. Um, a little bit different the way we're going about things this week because somebody thought he'd be a hero and fly to New Zealand for some reason. Sean Tobin, you're on the line and uh, we'll try and add you in with your face later. If not, uh, it's not the end of the world, but welcome, mate. How are you? No, thank you, Mitchell. It's, uh, it's good to be here. I've literally just come straight off the uh, the flight, so unfortunately uh, I'm not able to be there this week. But you're right, I went to New Zealand. I watched the Wallabies uh, <laughs> play uh, against the All Blacks. Uh, the Hucker was probably the best part of the whole night. Uh, it was pouring down rain, um, but it was a uh, yeah, it was uh, it was an experience, man, that I won't forget anytime soon. Yeah, that'd have to be uh, probably the best thing of the night because I think the Wallabies got beaten pretty heavily. It was raining, it was cold. Um, I'm hopefully hopefully you had a few beers post game, oh. but the the hucker probably was the best thing about it. But mate, you missed a game and a half. Um, you didn't get to watch oh, your little boy mate. Gary oh, Ablett Jr. Was- Oh, mate, I was gutted. I barely made it to the hucker because I was sitting in my hotel room watching the self trap, uh, trying to sort of make sure that I could obviously catch the majority of the game. And I, I caught the whole thing. It was without a doubt game of the year. And I'm so gutted that I wasn't going to be there because uh, it was one of the games that I penciled in at the start of the year. Mate, and, you could have uh, been front and center. I couldn't. I uh, I was I was a little bit gutted, but uh, mate, it was a good win. I mean, I'll, obviously we'll talk about it in a second, but. Um, unquestionably the, the, the game of the year. And I know the, the Richmond and West Coast obviously played on the weekend as well. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you guys, that, that was a, that was a, it was a really strong performance. And you could tell, um, rightfully so, that it was between two top four teams that, that hopefully will play deep into September. Who were you going for? Because, let's be honest, uh, it was coming down to the wire at the end and you were like, oh, who, who do I want to win? Yeah, I know. That, that's when you actually really find out, don't you? That, yeah, that's you do. when uh, That's when you, you find out. Look, to be honest, I, I was I was very much a neutral supporter, and I know <laughs> I said and joked. Fence, I know I said yeah. and joked that I've got a three club membership rather than a three game membership. But um, tell you what, it was that that final five minutes. It honestly could have gone either way. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's a shame that someone had to lose, and it's a shame that it had to be Gary and and and, and then boys, but. Um, I mean, you guys could well, you guys could finish one and two after this weekend. Is that right? Yeah, we could. So obviously, uh, I came down to the wire on the weekend. But I think if we win this week, we come outright first. Um, if we lose and lose heavily to Richmond, we can come fourth. So I think it's all based around uh, percentage. We can come equal second if we lose, and that's probably where we'll sit. But um, I guess it is if we have to just kind of win if you really want that secure that home final. But other than that, like it's a, it's going to be a massive game this weekend. But on the Geelong game, mate, it was it felt like finals like pressure. It was actually crazy the way, the way it felt. I haven't felt that uh, intensity of a game since uh, 2013 when we played uh, Richmond in the finals down there. So it was actually it was, it was, a, it was a crazy, crazy finish. Um, I think they probably kicked like three goals and controlled that little part of the game just yep. before half time, and um, we thought it might have been beginning away from us. But uh, the best thing was about half time just happened, and then. We go in and just re, you know, reformat everything and just go back to basics and uh, understand what we had to do in the, in the second half. So, uh, I wanted to ask you about that though because uh, thirty five thousand, yeah, packed out the yeah, Gabba. Yeah, uh, the Lions Den. We've called it that before, but for today let's call <laughs> the it Gabbatoire, apparently. The Gabbatoire, mate. It's uh, it's back and buzzing and did it. What was that? Was that a different? I mean, we spoke about Collingwood at the start of the year and obviously around the Easter and so much was spoken about that game, but. Was this one of those games that just from a crowd capacity perspective, every all the build-up in the lead-in to it, is this one of the games that 
you you probably look this week and go. That's, that's probably the biggest thing. I think the um, the Collingwood game really gave us some good preparation to what to expect uh, against the Geelong game. We got told early in the week that it was a sold out. Actually, probably about a month ago that it was a sellout. Um, so we kind of just went through the, the routines that we've been keeping up uh, since that Collingwood game where we really got to understand. Um, I guess we should really shot ourselves in the foot against Collingwood. We had a sold at Gabbard. It was the first time for a lot of players to be in that situation. So um, with our team, we kind of just went back to basics and you know, just went back to that experience that we had against Collingwood and we kind of just you know changed the little things and, and uh, made it a bit better for us. So we were expecting a massive crowd at the, at, against Geelong and um, I guess we really knew what to do in terms of um, handling that pressure and stuff. But we didn't expect it to be that kind of uh, pressure within the game. Uh, it was going to be – we thought it was you know, going to be a contested game, but it opened up late. Um, unfortunately, they, they're a top you know, top two team and they showed what they were. So that was that was crazy for us to get the win. And you know, we haven't beaten them for a long time. I think, I think we beat them in 2013, yeah. the last time we beat them. So um, it was crazy the way it finished, especially with Lincoln's mark. That was um, one of those moments that he didn't have a great day, but he had a great moment and then he will remember that for the rest of his life. Yeah, is is that mark of the year? I think. I if think you, it's, if yeah. you put it into the context of the moment, the magnitude of the game, um, how defining it, it could be from a season's perspective. I mean, are there any marks probably greater in the context of, of this season? Not in that. There's obviously going to be probably better marks in terms of the way it looks. But what was on the line for that game to take that mark in the dying minutes of the game and kick, go back and kick a goal? Look, the pressure on him to kick the goal was more than going for the mark. So. Um, I think that's mark of the year, but that's just because I'm a little bit biased and I think it had a lot more riding on that mark than um, someone going back with a flight. Like Liam Ryan, um, Flying Ryan, mm-hmm. he's, had, he's had plenty of marks this year and so was um, Jeremy Howe and those type of guys. But I think in the context of what that mark meant um, would, would put him up there for me. So who knows? Hopefully he wins. That'd be pretty cool for him to get that one under his belt. Um, definitely deserves it. He's taken a couple of good marks this year. He took one against uh, Port Adelaide, I think, too. So he might yeah. have a couple of nominations. But in terms of that, like him... Even Charlie Cameron, like, for him to come out there and kick five goals against, you know, a top two opposition um, was huge for him. And that's, I reckon that's cemented himself for um, All-Australian for sure. So he has to have that on lock now, you'd think. Yeah, it had to be the former cat as well. That, that <laughs> yeah, took exactly. that mark and, and kicked the goal. Yeah. Now, before you give us all the media answer, uh, because I know you're well-trained, thanks to Anthony Allsop, one of the best <laughs> in the business. Uh, before you give me the media answer, we just got to look forward to Richmond and obviously sticking through yeah. the process and what yeah. have you. Uh, all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Uh, tell the people, what does a win like that actually do for your footy club? I mean, in terms of confidence and, and you've always said, you know, we've got to obviously back up everything. We can have one week at a time. But what does that win against a quality opposition like that actually do for your footy club? It gives us a lot of confidence. And I think you can see the passion and the relief after the game with the with the celebrations and the boys were just relieved that we got mm. that win. And it doesn't take pressure off us per se, but in terms of we've been striving to get that real big scalp whole year, and we've won nine games in a row, so we've done very well, but there's, there's teams there that we couldn't really hang a hat on and we know how we're actually going in terms of um, within the best competition. So, yeah, we're beating GWS over there uh, in Sydney, which was a huge scalp for us. We beat Port Adelaide when they were flying, um, Adelaide, Adelaide Oval, who had beaten Geelong there as well. So um, this one was a really big test for us, and it came at a perfect time because we got – two really quality opposition going in towards the finals and that really sets ourselves up to see how we we bear towards you know the, the better half of the competition and going to finals you want that that pressure and the and the finals like pressure that you have around the ball and 
And we saw like a lot of our players, like our ex- experienced players, get chased down from behind and think they had a little more time than they had. And that could have been the back of, you know, having that open space game the week before against the Suns. Um, so it was good for us to get that under the belt. And then we've got Richmond, who's probably the best in the competition, the pressure and that perceived pressure. So we couldn't have a better um, opening two games to, to what, we, what we can taste in the finals. So um, I think belief was massive for us. We really needed that win. Um, even if we did go down by, you know, 10, 15 points, it still would have been, yeah, we can match it with them in areas. So it was really good for us to get that win on, on over those t- over those type of teams. So we got Richmond this week, and if we can do the same to that, um, I think the the, the the confidence would be sky high. Yeah, you guys collectively are, are looking really strong, but individually, I mean, Charlie's really showing why he's, he's arguably in all all Australian contention. And um, I know there was some commentary around him <laughs> last week. I think it came from uh, David King. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. I know he had some things to say about. Um, Charlie and, and his influence on a contest and, and even post-game. I know there were some comments made, so I'm sure that I probably didn't find you. Yeah, well, I, obviously I watch a fair bit of uh, media these days and I'm trying to you know, delve into that. Nothing gets past you, Nothing Mitch, gets you know, past me. I, I'm watching everything these days. So you know, I saw his comments <laughs> last week. I think it was on AFL 360 on the Wednesday night. Um, King just kind of, David King just kind of mentioned that you know, Charlie Cameron won't get that time and space and show some footage of him getting out the back, um, losing his opponent in traffic and stuff. And we saw that. Some players saw that and were like, you know, Charlie's Charlie for a reason. Like, he, he, he doesn't matter who he's playing on. He's going to get that space just purely because of the experience that he's had and the expertise of his speed and agility. So going to the game, we thought, you know, we had ground level um, advantage there and we knew Charlie would get some, get some shots on goal. So... Um, I guess I wouldn't mind seeing him uh, say that he was wrong in that aspect, but um, I think it's his opinion. And when he when he talked about um, you know the Gold Coast Suns and how he kicked six against them, that he wouldn't get that against a really good opposition. So um, Geelong do have a fantastic defense, but it just shows Charlie's class that he could get kick five against them. And I think he had about nine shots on goal. So he's uh, he's had a day out, and uh, that just gives him a lot of confidence going into the finals as well. But in terms of the the, the Scott one um, after the game, that's just a bit of. Um, frustration, I reckon, after the game. He just lost by a point, so you can't really go uh, read into that too heavily. Um, we know what Charlie can produce, and we know how much of the impact he had on the game, so it's not like we we were like, oh, yeah, maybe he's got a point there. It was more along the lines of, um, I don't know, maybe a bit more respect towards uh, Charlie Cameron because uh, he, he actually turned the game on its head. Yeah, it's um, it's an interesting one. I mean, I, I, I obviously followed as much as I could while I was away, and, and I, I think you're right. I think it was a little bit of a heat in the moment. With, with, with that after the game. Um, no doubt I missed game of the year, so I'm, I'm <laughs> gutted. I'm still filthy. I'm hoping you, you guys obviously meet again in September. So yeah, I, 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 so that, that way I, uh, I can obviously attend, um, you know, the next time that you guys meet, hopefully this year. But, um, I mean, it was a cracky game. I mean, yeah. I, I think when we talk about, and so often when we build up these big games, you know, one V two, typically get test and we, we hope for but I mean that lived up in every sense of what we were hoping to expect and um, to be honest like I'm actually glad it happened at the Gabba and not down yeah. in Geelong because oh, Queensland's been in we need, need that. of, we need of a that. game like that What's your thoughts on floating fixtures? Would you be for it? Because we had probably the two best games on the weekend of the year and they were in dif- difficult time slots even though we sold out the Gabba and it was you know, two, 2 o'clock game was actually a really perfect day for footy even though I was hot as fuck um, do you think the floating fixture would be like give that a Friday night, Saturday night type slots or do you think just let it be? Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean, in Queensland, we're, we're a little bit different in, in this side of the world, but 
Um, two ten is probably the best game for Queenslanders, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 perfect. I I know Channel Seven would be absolutely for it because, I mean, Friday night between Sydney and Melbourne probably doesn't happen yeah. if if there's a floating fixture. Um, I, I would say that it probably a lot of. I know there's obviously other sports around the world. I think that, that look at doing that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it probably makes sense. I mean, look, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be against it if the AFL came out next year and said this is um, what, what we're what we're going to, to look to trial. Um, I've got no doubt that the TV broadcasters are probably going to want to include that though in the next in the next CBA. Yeah, um, didn't really I bother think, me. Think... Like as I, as I mentioned, I wouldn't really care either way, like how they do it. But I guess for revenue and and the time slots for everyone to get to the game, like we'll sell it out regardless. So it didn't really bother us, but. On yeah, coach, I mean, that, yeah. yeah, that 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 game should should have been on a Friday night. Yeah, talking um, about coaches, uh, you've been uh, overseas. So have you missed much of the the media these days, or you've been uh, checking your your applications on your phone? Shit, my phone was ringing hot yesterday. <laughs> I uh, and I didn't want to take calls because not knew I was over um, in in New Zealand. So I didn't want people hating on me when they saw their phone bills um, in about a month's time from now. But uh, yeah, that that one to be honest surprised me. I yeah. I kind of felt that um, of all the the coaching commentary around this year, I kind of felt that obviously Ross comes with so much experience, mm. um, and even you know upon his exit, like Rodney Eid, it, it was very um, you know from a media consumption perspective, a lot of the journalists were you know saying, oh well, he's a shoe in for next year if he wants another gig because he is so highly respected. Um, I was a little bit surprised. I, I can understand their decision um, yeah. with how they've reached it, but um, yeah, it did surprise me a bit. How about yourself? How did you find that? Yeah, I, I thought it was a bit out of the blue. I thought if they're going to do anything, it would be at the end of the season. Like, there's one game to go. What's it going to prove to the to the footy world now? I guess I guess with a couple other coaches um, probably got locked in. Um, obviously, David T got his uh, his, his three-year contract, I think, and Reece Shaw got his couple of years. I think that um, they kind of wanted to get the next best coach that was out there. In terms of that, I thought Ross Lyon would be that bloke who would uh, take them forward. Like, he's been there for about, what now, five, six years and take them to a premiership and they finished finals a couple of times. And I think probably the last four years have missed out on finals just from what uh, my memory was. But I thought he would yeah. have been the bloke to take them forward. And, and if they're going to go through a rebuild, if they already have been through one, that, that was um, his expertise. And... I think what's next for him would be um, going for that, that St Kilda job if he really wanted it. I think that's a kind of fairy tale finish for him. You know, he started at Sydney, went to St Kilda, uh, took them to that premiership that they nearly won um, by an unlucky bounce. They lost that game, and then the the, yeah. the rematch they they got pumped. But other than that, like he's been pretty pretty good in terms of win loss ratio at St Kilda. So I don't know. I'm not too sure. I thought it, I thought he handled it very well. Um, it was funny that he said he was on the way to see Harley Bennell in the morning, and then. He got the they got the message saying, "Can you come to the club?" And he saw the names on the list, and the CEO wasn't there, so he thought, "Oh no, he's in trouble." But I uh, literally didn't know that he was going to be um at the door as well. So I thought that was a bit uh a bit funny um that he didn't really see it coming either. So it just goes to show that like the media can build things up, but they do have a a bit of a say, in, or not a say, but more of an influence than they they believe. So I'm not too sure what's going to happen yeah. with him next year, but it, it could be one of those things that he would go for the secure job and get that. But there's also a couple other coaches still there waiting. Like Rat's done a pretty good job down there, and um, and you've got the other Scott brother who's in there waiting for to see what happens there. Yeah, I, I find it really interesting the link with St Kilda. Um, yeah. I, I think if he's the best available coach, absolutely go out and get him. Yeah. Um, but the exit from 2011, I think it was when he did leave to go to Fremantle. I mean, that was probably the, the most bizarre 
series of events that's ever happened yeah. um, from a coaching circle um, in the game. And, and I would have thought, just from the news stories and from what you hear, that there may not be necessarily a lot of people that that would be welcoming of him back in that environment, given the circumstances yeah. played out. Um, oh, I know there's a change there as well. Well, that takes us into our first talking point, our first segment really, um, brought to you by Telstra AFL. It is Telstra's talking point. So uh, welcome, Sean Tobin, to the first one of our whole bloody, what is it, our podcast, 21 episodes in, this is our first segment, so we'll see how we go. But yeah, this week's yeah, talking yeah. point is uh, Sammy Rowe, the feel-good story, is playing his 100th game this week. Yeah, 99 games at Carlton. Yeah. Um, you would have obviously had some good stories to, to share from, from back in the day. He is one um, of the best blokes you'll ever meet. Um, him, Nick Digan were best friends, and that's what, that's the kind of – they're probably pretty, pretty much the same person. Like, they a little bit of country to them, and they uh, they love to have a joke. But he's absolutely, like, the teammate, the much love, like, the, that, that type of bloke that everybody loves to be around. And I, it's just – as soon as I think about him, I just think about resilience. Like, he came – into the club as a mature age recruit from the Sandful, um, played, a, played a lot of games and then got struck down with testicular cancer. Um, and that was probably the most emotional moment that I've had um, at my time in the Blues in terms of those type of stories. I've never really been through that in my life. And when um, he sat, when he stood up in front of the group and you know, we, we had a little bit of awareness that something was happening with him, but he didn't talk about it too much. And then he kind of said, you know, I'm going to go through some chemotherapy and do all this kind of stuff. It was really just shattering and, when you hear that word come out, you don't understand um, the effects it's going to have on someone in the club. And when he got through that um, and came back and played some games, it was, it was honestly one of the best moments that I'll, uh, I'll I'll remember in my career, that's for sure. So hats off to you, Sammy Rowe. You've done an amazing job playing the game 100 this week. Um, you've earned every single one of them. Um, didn't get given a game. And he's played on some of the best of, uh, best forwards in the comp. And who knows? He could get big Buddy Franklin this week in his 300th. So who, who would have thought that Sam Rowe... In his hundredth, playing against Buddy in his three hundredth. Yeah, it's a it's a good one. And you spoke about Buddy. I mean, the the impact that he's obviously had. I mean, I, I was a little bit worried he might not get there, yeah. um, just given the the injuries that he's obviously faced this year. But um, that's the pride game um, that they're obviously you know yep. marketing this weekend. So a lot will be spoken about that. So it's good to know that there's going to be a lot of spotlight on there. And um, I mean, you've touched on it there. I've obviously never met Sam before, but. You are hearing a lot of stories about the character he is and the person yeah. he is. So um, good on him for, for reaching 100 games. I do need to give a special shout-out to Michael Riscatelli. Oh, yeah, um, yep. From, Go from for it. the Gold Coast Suns. He is uh, – I mean, you talk about best likes in footy. I mean, the guy was such a professional, um, you know, and the amount of influence that he had over that group in the early days um, alongside, you know, Gary and Jared Harbrow and, and, and the rest of those guys um, was enormous. So I could – Happy to reach 200 plus games. He's been a servant of that football club, and um, yeah, thoroughly deserves um, to be sent out a a, a champion. Well done, mate. You've done well. Hopefully, you enjoy your life post post AFL. Also, I did text Sammy today and said uh, congratulations and all that stuff. And he said, "Thanks, Rob. I really appreciate it. It's great to see you guys uh, doing well up there, and hope you can win the flag." So, Sam Rose, he's a big fan of the Brisbane Lions. So, hopefully, uh, we we do him a service and go all the way. But that uh, that'd be pretty funny. Um, no. what, what do we got next? That's the first talking point. So, what on Sammy Ray? What on Michael Chili? Absolutely, mate. No, it should be a it should be a cracking it should be a cracking game. The Sydney uh, Sydney and St Kilda. I'm looking forward to it. Speaking of cracking games, Sunday, Richmond. Yep. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Rich I'm, what? 
Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, man. I won't. I won't be missing that. I, I promise <laughs> you, I'll be watching that on TV. Um, unfortunately, I, I'm actually going to be in Melbourne, but I get back. Um, oh, you're a bit busy, I am, mate. You're a bit busy. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know what I'll do for the USA um, tomorrow. So that that should be pretty cool. But unfortunately, I can't stay for the weekend. Otherwise, I would have caught your game. Sure, we can help Gary and say, look, mate, I'm, you know, I've got some prior things to do and uh, Melbourne can't stay down for the weekend. Is that fine? He's like, yes, no worries, Sean, go for it. But yeah, yes, no, we do I, have it, Richmond. It, yes, yes. So oh, I suppose it's your second time at the G though this year, yeah, is that yeah. correct? Yeah, so we've yeah. obviously played uh, Essendon there and they didn't go to plan in round four, but I think we've learned a lot from that. Obviously, a lot of our players, as I touched on before, haven't played at the G- uh, MCG, so um, that was a new experience for them and I think it was about forty to 50,000 that was there, so... I think we're expecting around seventy plus this week, so that'd be um that'd be a great little uh little taster for the boys before the final campaign. But um, obviously just talking about that, like this week we just still want to try and we play we're set all year. We still take it one week at a time. Want to play, get the processes right. This is a perfect opportunity before the finals, and we've got to buy next week to see how we go in these big game situations. So I think playing Geelong on the weekend was a massive um curtain raiser for what we can expect this week, but. I don't think we've beaten them for like the last 12 times. Um, they've been obviously a pretty good outfit in terms of their durability and the, the, how long they've been up at the top of the ladder. You know, they've obviously finished in the finals for the last few years straight and um, this is probably the best position they've been in a long time. So um, they, did, uh, they did some good work against uh, West Coast. We've all been doing our homework all week and I think the boys are very excited to get down to the MCG and try and get a win in front of, in front of their home crowd. Yeah, so when do you go down and a win against the Tigers, is that all but cement top spot? Is that correct? Yeah, so we go down Saturday, fly down, do our captain's run uh, across the road. I think it's in uh, Wesley College in Albert Park there. So we'll do a captain's run Saturday Arvo and get ready for the game. Check the weather. Um, Sunday's nice, so uh, that's that's always a plus. But, um, yeah, if we win, we finish uh, minor premiers. And I, I don't think we've done that ever or well, since, like, 1912, apparently, when Fitzroy finished top of that. Even in our, yeah. even in our trilogy, they, uh, they finished, like, second and third and stuff. So... Uh, that'll be a massive feat for us. Obviously, winning's not everything this weekend, but um, it'd be great to finish the season off coming from where we have uh, a bit of a fairy tale, and that would surely lock the coach uh, Chris Fagan in for coach of the year. I would have to say. Oh, if he if he doesn't get <laughs> coach of the year, there's going to be a massive inquiry. I would have thought. I'll eat my hat if he doesn't get it. That's what I'm going to say. Yeah, but no, that's no. We're, we're all looking forward to this game. It's going to be a massive test for us and. Uh, just quietly, I think I'm pretty sure we do owe Richmond because um they've they've been as I mentioned before they've beaten us a, a, a lot of times and um why not break another hoodoo that we've been on that path this year of doing so uh, that that's the Richmond game but guess what Sean we have a giveaway yes absolutely you've been looking forward to uh, I have it. and we got because we hit four thousand followers on our Instagram page um Sharon have been. More than gracious to uh, give us a footy, a signed footy. It's going to be by all the Lions players um, that play this weekend. Or maybe I might get all the players. and I'll just, I'll just get the list, the, the whole list to sign the footy just in case one of your favourite players is on there. Um, I will announce the winner next week. I'll put a post up, um, let you know how to do that. But also, Sharon have released a finals footy that they'll be giving to us specifically to give away for the podcast viewers. I was speaking to them today. They're being really nice in that regard. So... I think we'll do that draw next Wednesday when we get our big dog, Charlie Cameron, on the episode on uh, Wednesday afternoon. So, goodness gracious, mate. Goodness I'm, gracious. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. And Charlie, obviously, is going to be a fantastic talking point next week. So, looking Jeez, forward to we've got some stuff to talk to, about. 
Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fascinating. So now looking forward to it, mate. Big week ahead. Yeah, uh, I'm uh, I'm tuning in. I promise. Well, this was the first uh, doing it by myself at home via uh, FaceTime with our boy Sean Tobin. We will see how this comes up. Uh, if it's a bit sketchy, then you're just going to have to deal with it because that's all we got. At least the audio is fine. I made sure I pressed record on that. So, everybody, thanks for tuning in. I've been loving yeah. the feedback we've been getting. The support's been ridiculous. Um, it's been a great year to do it, obviously, because we've been winning a lot of games. It would have been a bit depressing doing it if we lost a lot. But um, you guys keep me going on my day off, um, and we love the feedback. So, make sure you leave comments, like it, share it, do what you got to do. We're on YouTube, Spotify, or, or what? Or... Or you can go to our new website. Oh, shit. Uh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Your boy yeah. made a website on uh, yesterday morning. So you can go to ripthrought.com and you can subscribe and get it, get the, all the information early. And I'm going to start doing a bit of blogging on there too. So um, I'm, I'm sick of writing articles for other other publications. It's time to get Ripthrought pumping. But yeah, ripthrought.com. How good is that? It's on, it's on, man. So obviously, and, and if this goes really well and the people love it, we doing maybe more? we can start doing some more over, overtime editions where uh, even though we're not in the same room, we can do an overtime edition. We can. We'll figure, out, we'll figure out a way to do it a bit smoother, but um, that'll come. So thanks, Sean Tobin. really appreciate you getting on your computer and uh, talking to me. I uh, know oh, you're a busy man going, traveling all over the world and stuff, but that is Rip Through Episode 21. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Peace out, A-Town. See you, Sean. See you, man. Take care. Bye. Woo!